So the good news is the Hornets win five straight. The far more important news is that we got an update on LaMelo Ball's injury. He fractured his ankle. What does it all mean? We'll talk about it today on Locked On Hornets. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day, and we appreciate you joining us anywhere you can get your pods. We're with you any platform that you listen. Walker Mail, Doug Branson, and David Walker, the Prince of Puma, a different nickname. And we can joke about it later, maybe, but I don't think either one of us oh, are not the time. of joking. Now is not the time. No, it's not. It's not the time. So let's just dive right on into it. LaMelo Ball and the fifth straight win for the Charlotte Hornets, by far the longest winning streak that they've had in a season that has been absolutely terrible as a fan, given the expectations coming in into that game last night. LaMelo Ball and a non-contact injury actually fractured his ankle, and it was a different one. It was the other one compared to the left ankle, right, which he sprained three separate times preseason, then against Indiana, his third game back from that first sprain stepping on a fan's foot out of bounds. And then Mm -hmm. after he came back from that injury, sprained it again, only missed a couple of games worth of time, really. And now here he is. Most likely he is going to miss the rest of the season, given this fractured ankle. So, Doug, why don't you go with some of the details here? I know you watched a uh, Twitter doctor. And so (laughs) now you are Dr. Branson. Oh, man. Five-minute med I, I have a Twitter medical degree now. I, I'll have you know. Um, so, I mean, but I think these are these are sports medicine doctors that are out here trying to explain things. And you know, you look at what happened on the play. It was a non-contact injury, right ankle, and, but it was tough to even say that it was an ankle at first. I think there was a lot of speculation about the whole leg because, unlike the previous injuries to the left ankle, this did not look like a clear roll of the ankle. And I, and I think there were a few people looking at screenshots of this pointing out that it might not have been the final plants. Cause it, so the move was a, a move we've seen LaMelo execute a thousand times and, and no issue, which is behind the back dribble, step back to create a little space for a deep three-point shot. But on the behind the back dribble, uh, the ball gets a little bit behind him and he reaches back for the ball. And in the reach back for the ball, he lands on the inside of his right foot and and rolls it just a little bit. It's hard to see, but he does roll it just a little bit. And then when he goes back for the step back, then he feels that pain and you could see it all over his face. And we've seen that face a couple of times this season where LaMelo is just like an immense amount of pain, cannot hide it. I mean, you don't want to see a player, especially your star player, go through that kind of thing once. And I think we've seen it three times now this season where he was visibly in, in an immense amount of pain. Uh, but but I think some people speculating that this, un, unlike where you roll your ankle and you injure sort of the side, you, you tear a ligament on the side of your ankle and that br- brings a little bit of bone off of it for a fracture, this would be something that happened to the front of his ankle, which would be backed up by the fact that when LaMelo landed and tried to get up again, he grabbed the front of his ankle, didn't grab the side of his ankle. So a lot of speculation happening. We're going to learn a lot. In fact, when people watch this YouTube video, we might already have more information from the team as to you know what exactly happened and what the recovery time is. But you know these these injuries that happen to the front of the ankle seem to 
sometimes be nastier, but there's just so many details in terms of the severity of the fracture that we just don't know at this point. So Steve Clifford did not say how long LaMelo would be out. They have 19 games left. We know they're not in playoff contention. In fact, you were starting to win enough to where maybe, just maybe, you could catch Orlando, even though I doubt it. That was within play with how well the Hornets were playing, especially with LaMelo and Mark Williams. Those guys gaining some chemistry. Terry Rozier hit some shots. Gordon Hayward has been playing a lot better. And LaMelo now expected to miss the rest of the season just because why would you bring him back at any point in just the last 19 games of the regular season? What does this all mean to you, David? Do you just want to vent? Do you want to talk about your feelings (laughs) with an exclamation point, a pretty bleepy one at the end of a bad season? Yeah, it's just amazing when you look at that number right now, 36 games for LaMelo this season. It it feels like more. Maybe that's just because, you know, he'd been in for a while and was starting to play well. And like you said, this five-game winning streak was nice. There was a little chemistry coming together. Gordon Hayward was out there. They were playing nice together. So it's just a huge bummer. And those non-contact injuries, of course, are the scariest. To Doug's point, uh, that video is really good in pointing out maybe where some of this stuff may have happened. I guess we'll find out more. I'll, I'll link to I'll link to that by the way in the show notes. I'll link to yeah. this uh, Twitter post. Yeah, and I guess you know it depends. Is it a surgery procedure? Is it a non-surgery? Like we don't know any of that stuff yet. Right. But just a huge bummer and an overall concern for Lamelo now because this is what this is three years in a row, right? I mean, th- this is every year where he's missed some time with some sort of injury uh you would hope youth is still on his side when it comes to that um but you know you just wish a speedy recovery obviously as far as the hornets go i mean yeah this is he was never going to come back at this point i think when he went down um you start to think about you know dropping in the lottery and all that stuff but it's just, uh, I, I think the uh, the feeling in the in the building last night, just everyone let out a gasp. It seemed like the spirits were super low in the oh, locker yeah. room after that game. So, just a huge bummer and, and really frustrating for the uh, franchise. Well, and so what happens is Lamelo exits the court. And we can see LaMelo say it popped, which now cameras yeah. are catching everybody say it popped, right? Like LeBron. LeBron immediately, you know, he, he was it two days. I guess it would have been the day before. Was it Sunday? Whatever. It was over the weekend. Yeah. And LeBron played through it. Now he's expected to miss a decent amount of time after everybody was hopping on the Lakers bandwagon. And now here's LaMelo ball saying the same thing. It popped. He just kept saying it. And it was pretty damn soon after that Shams put out there on Twitter, LaMelo fractured his right ankle and it was the other one, right? So three injuries that allowed LaMelo to miss some time to the left ankle, three sprains, basically some Mm. more serious as far as rehab to come back than others. But the last one allowed him to only miss a couple games. And now here, this one's going to make him, in my opinion, miss really the last 19 and a half games of the season. Mm-hmm. Doug, you had something to say, too, about the whole it pop thing. Is that the scariest well, thing? Yeah, you I mean, player? <laughs> right. Well, <clears throat> a couple of things. I think. I think pop has become the scariest word in basketball, right? Like pop, not, not Greg, pop, not pop like Greg Popovich. Oh, okay. He's no longer scary. He's the cuddly, lovable, you know, angry uncle who's uh, trying to get a bunch of rap scallions to play together. So that's not, not pop, but the, the word pop. Now I think the scariest word in basketball used to be uh, Bobby Portis is looking at me, 
but now I think it's pop. <laughs> That's a, yes, words. Yeah. Yes, 100%. That that would be one that I'd probably miss 20 games if Bobby Portis looked at me. No, wrong. no, it's one word. You're so scared. It's one word. It's Bobby Portis I'm looking at me. Yeah, yeah. Just say it real quickly. I have a theory on this. I think I think when Kobe Bryant, may, maybe he didn't say it popped. Maybe he did, though. I'm not sure. But remember when Kobe Bryant tore his Achilles, he looked mm-hmm. back at Harrison Barnes and said, did you kick me? Yeah. And Harrison said, no. Never, and then no. I, I don't know if he said it. I just, for some reason, that stuck with me. That stuck with everybody Ooh. else because Kobe, he goes out there, hits the free throws, and mm-hmm. then would have the Achilles injury, which <laughs> held him out. So it was, it was, I feel like that's the one where we're always kind of paying attention. And if you, if, if a basketball player says pop, if it's not Greg Popovich, then it might be an Achilles injury, and that scares us all. Because I put it out there on Twitter, right? LaMelo's ankles won't allow me to celebrate nice things here in Charlotte just because we always have to worry about them right now, at least this season. And then people were replying, I hope it's the ankles. It might not be, kind of indicating, at least in my head, that it might be an Achilles injury to them. It's a fractured ankle. I don't, at least I don't expect him to miss time at the beginning of the season, but I'm no Twitter doctor or a real one. So take that with a grain of salt, but you know, it's not ligament damage at least, at least right now. Well, that's, and and that's that's the thing I think you can take, I don't want to say silver lining, but some like bronze lining, a little bit of comfort in that. It's not an Achilles, you know, that it's not something that people are going to go, wow, is he going to be the same player when he comes back? It just, it seems like most of these ankle injuries, there's precedent. I mean, everybody's always going to point to Steph Curry, who had multiple surgeries early in his career and missed a ton of time and ends up being, you know, one of the greatest, if no, the greatest shooter of all time and somebody that is known for moving around very swiftly on the court, changing directions, stop, start, you know, all the stuff that you need your ankles for, he can do um, at an expert level. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm cert- it's certainly, though, concerning when a player yeah. has four ankle injuries in one season. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so many. He's missed so much time with four separate ones, and not even minor. I mean, it, it feels weird to call the, the sprains minor when some of them kept him out. A couple of them kept him out a month, but now it just kind of seems minor when you're discussing a fractured ankle for sure. I want to continue this conversation, then we'll discuss a little bit more about the end of the season. Coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We'll give you a look at what to expect the last 20 games and continue the LaMelo Ball conversation. This episode is brought to you by Belt Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all of the fat, you don't want all of the ca- uh, calories, then you got to try Belt Bar. We just got through the holidays. I know a lot of people's goal is to eat a little healthier. Well, if you would like to eat healthier and not sacrifice taste and basically your dessert at the same time, Go for Built Bar because they're covered in 100% real chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors. I'm not sure how they do it, but if you want to go try it for yourself, then you can run into a a Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, and then go pick up a four-bar box of whether it's cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs, it doesn't matter. And if you want more, go to Sam's Club, run in, grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter, churro, all the coconut variations. They're low in calories, they're low in sugar, they're high in protein, they're high in fiber. And if you don't want to leave the house, that's fine. You can also just order a box of Built Bars at Built.com, B-U-I-L-T, that is Built.com. More Locked On Hornets coming up next. Is Locked On Hornets. Adam Silver had Ahmad Rashad up on stage, and he used his phone to, like, body scan Ahmad Rashad, and then they, like, inserted, like, a digital version of Ahmad Rashad into the highlight. And so I'm looking at this and going, 
just fix my league pass. I don't want to be in a highlight. I would just like to actually watch the highlight without my application logging me out, freezing, dropping all of the time. Fix my league pass before you insert me in the game, please, and thank you. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I want to talk to the Prince of Puma for a little bit because something after the game started to shape. And I I think it's a little ridiculous, but I'm not much of a shoe expert to discuss it much further. Mm-hmm. Not a shoe spurt at all. Not not even close. I'm getting into the game, but not enough for me to act like a Twitter doctor and get my Twitter medical degree or shoe degree. So Prince of Puma, <laughs> a lot of people were discussing that it's that same Puma shoe that LaMelo mm-hmm. should possibly change and go to a different brand given all of the ankle injuries. Like at first it was ridiculous if you just see one tweet about it. But I mean, there were there were a decent amount, mm-hmm. you know. Like mm-hmm. people were talking. So my question to you is, should this be a talking point? Should it be enough of a talking point to where there is some validity to the idea that LaMelo should look at these injuries that he suffered this year and change shoes because of said injuries? I don't think so. This is always something that pops up. The shoe is the first thing to get blamed. We go back to Derrick Rose. They were killing Adidas. Remember, Derrick Rose had a lot of foot problems, a lot of injuries in his career. Zion Williamson famously exploded yeah. out of a Nike <laughs> shoe right. uh, against Carolina and Cameron Indoor. Uh, that didn't seem to affect their relationship. You know, um, Puma pays a lot of money to LaMelo Ball, so that would probably be one reason why he will not uh, be, be jumping ship just yet. <laughs> Um, but you know, I, I, my belief in these has always been, if you're going to turn your ankle, if you're going to hurt your ankle, it doesn't matter if it's a high top, if it's a low top, um, that shoe is not going to protect you full stop. I mean, you know, Steph Curry's with Under Armour. Um, he may have injured his, his, his ankles early on, maybe in Nike. I can't remember when he made that switch, but he wears those, he wears basically two, two by fours on the, on the side of each <laughs> leg now to protect his ankle. Um, so for right now, no, I mean, I'm sure Puma is a little, you know, skittish after this latest one. I'm sure all the shoe brand executives get that way when one of their star players goes down and it's a, it's a bad injury and it's a repetitive injury. But I, I, I don't see them coming out and saying, you know, we, we've got to do something here. We've got to stop this. Uh, Doug, I mean, you have a pair of these. I thought they were, they were, they were hailed for their comfort, you know, and they, and they <laughs> felt good. Well, yeah, but to be fair, like I'm not. Have you turned your ankle in these? Well, well, no, but you know, walking to the walking to the refrigerator and back is is not (laughs) uh, what I would say. I've not been putting them under high performance situations like Lamelo is, and you know, look, PR doesn't respect facts. So you know, people I think are you know they would look at four ankle injuries and go, hey, what's going on here, and not look at the fact that. You know, the the first three on his left ankle were all just like freak rolls that it doesn't matter if he was wearing a steel toed boot. It doesn't matter. Like he's going to roll the ankle. So, you know, I I think that's that's the tough part of it. But yeah, Pumas, I mean, it is a situation because I feel like LaMelo is the face. I mean, is there are there a lot of other Puma athletes? Like, I feel like he's the face and the face of your shoe now has ankle problems. Well, they 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 got in early on a bunch of the rookies a couple years ago, right? And and there are other guys, right? (laughs) We just don't know any of them. (laughs) Okay, DeAndre Ayton, I think, but of course, yeah, he's not competing with Melo. I believe R.J. Barrett, uh, Scoot, 
Scoot's a Puma mm -hmm. guy. I believe he wore some Lamellas in the Rising Stars well, game. Get out so. now, Scoot. Change the shoe, baby. <laughs> get it. <laughs> Protect your ankles at all costs. So I, I'm with you. It it seems a little weird. I, I guess there is some kind of study that you could do. There probably is a medical study if you wanted to really do it or if that's out there that you could do on some of these shoes. But I can tell you I have not read nor conducted such research. Well, look, for these shoe companies, if you're going to go out with these commercials, you know, saying it's about the shoe, right? That the shoe makes there, there's some insinuation that the shoe makes the player that you have to take some of this flack. If you're going to say that the shoe <laughs> makes the player do incredible things when the player, you know, it, it gets injured like this. I'm not, again, I'm not saying it's fact. I'm not saying it has anything to do with reality. I'm just saying marketing doesn't respect any of that. And people are going to look at it and go, Hey, what's going on here? Well, it's right. So l let's just all agree that it's not the shoe. Then all three of us are not going to blame the shoe. Even if they take responsibility for your skills and talent and commercials, well, I don't know. We'll, right. we'll just go. All right. Well, there's Doug. There's Mr. Conspiracy Doug. He got his medical degree know. on Twitter, so he's all good. I'm not going to say 100. I'm not going to be 100 percent on anything. I'm not 100 percent on anything. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, but you know, majority no. But you know, I, you never. Are know. they to blame for the wrist injury too? I think should we go there? Should we add that in? I mean, did, they, they did, did not cause just, him to just go so fast that he fell uh, too fast. It's not that the shoes only claim your foot skills slash speed. They claim your entire skill, which is part of the wrist. So there you go. I agree. So just if you'll entertain me a little bit, Doug, let's just all agree that maybe it is not the shoes in this hypothetical situation. I was texting with a couple of buddies of mine and they're Hornets fans. And one guy said Lamelo's injury prone. And is, is that fair to say about Lamelo now? Because the first year he suffered the wrist injury, that happened at the very end of the season, and it allowed other people to win Rookie of the Month at the very end. And then he then he came back with like ten games left to go, right? Shooting numbers uh, suffered because of it. Whatever. Last year he played seventy five games. I don't. I know he kind of like still had some wrist problems. Maybe he would grab it. I don't remember any significant injury that he suffered. Still grabbing so, it. So so he played seventy five games, and then this year we've had all the ankle injuries. Doug, I'll ask you first. Is it fair to say that LaMelo is injury prone or do we just kind of view this as an unlucky situation with your point about freak injuries happening where you step on a fan's foot out of bounds? Well, he's missed a lot of games, so I think it's fair to say he's injury prone now, but I'm not sure what that really means because, again, going back to the Steph Curry comparison, you're injury prone until you're not. Like some players are injury prone early on and then – they go on to have lengthy careers that don't involve any injuries. And sometimes you're, you go a long time without having any injuries and then your body starts to break down late in your career. Like it's just all kinds of different situations. I would say none of the injuries so far, except for the wrist injury, I would actually put the wrist injury in a different category than the, because it has lingered than the ankle injuries, you know, we'll see you on the ankle injuries, but like, you know, that's when you start to worry if there are injuries like an Achilles where you go, man, that could like change the very way that this player plays. Uh, we haven't seen anything like that, but I do remember uh, that that rookie year wrist injury is persisting into year three. Uh, there was a quote. Um, he said, Ball said, okay, this is from, this was from a Charlotte Observer article. It said, Ball also banged his right wrist in the game and was yeah. in obvious pain. It's the same hand he had surgery on during his rookie year that cost him a hefty portion of the season, leading to additional evaluation by the team's medical personnel, aggravating the injury against the Rockets. That was the same game where he uh, rolled his ankle, uh, stepping on P.J. Washington's mm -hmm. foot. 
uh, this was the quote, the wrist has not been hurting, but ever since I broke it, it's been the same little one thing, Ball said. And Houston, I was fine with it until I hit it again. So yeah, once I get over that little hump, I think it'll be smooth. That's a little concerning. You know, if something that happened in your rookie year wasn't hurting and then all of a sudden you bang it and it starts to hurt again, that, that is concerning. It is. What's great is that LaMelo's shooting numbers haven't suffered from it long term. They did the last 10 games, but that that is helpful, even if it makes him uncomfortable. I don't know. You would think flicking the wrist passing, flicking the wrist shooting. Those would be the most affected part of his game. And you would argue those are the best. In fact, I don't know if it's an argument. Shooting and passing are the best parts of his game right now. And so, David, we can now ask you before we move on to the next segment. Injury prone. You're right. I think Doug is right when he says it matters until it doesn't. But I guess my question is, is this indicative of sign of, of, of as a sign of things to come throughout his career? Like, I think that is the worry. You could argue his left ankle. It has lingered. I mean, if, if there's been three separate injuries and they even if they have been freak, I guess, where P.J. Washington yeah. and LaMelo get entangled, you step on somebody's foot. You know, do, does a healthier ankle survive any of that? Like, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, you can drive yourself crazy with this right. speculation, but that, that's the worry. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's what people are going to think now. I mean, really, I mean, that's the perception is that he's injury prone just because it keeps happening, um, no matter how freak they are, right? And those really were. I mean, especially that P.J. Washington one, like he got his ankles stepped on. Uh, the guy on the side of the court was weird. Uh, but, like, he's still messing. Get out of with, the way! He's still messing with that wrist. Um, I, you know, I think probably you could look at him and say he needs to get stronger, add a little bit more muscle. Maybe that would help things. But, uh, you know, when the injuries keep piling up, it, it's concerning. I just don't know how much you can say, well, he, he's an injury risk guy now, right? Like, you, we just don't know. He's so young. That's the other thing. You got to hope that he's so young he can bounce back from these. He'll have all offseason to kind of get back and prepare. I, you know, we probably won't see him in preseason. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, I, how much can you say right now, guys? He's only three years in. He's super young. I don't know that you can stamp him as injury prone just yet. I don't know that the team is. They just want to get him back healthy. Well, the, the, the team needs to hire like a spiritual cleanser, like one of these gurus on TikTok or YouTube to come in and just get the bad jujubes out of there because this is – it's crazy, man. But I'll say this too. There were a lot of people when they you know won the games against Minnesota, even some prominent people within the Hornets when they won the games against Minnesota and Miami, some prominent people in the Hornets universe – that were banging the drum that like, oh, look at all of you people who said to like break up the Hornets. And, uh, you know, I think that this injury to LaMelo really points at a fallacy in that kind of idea and really points to why they should have worked, I think, harder to break this thing down at the trade deadline and to get worse because this Mm. team is one injury away from it all collapsing. Even if they re-sign Miles Bridges, uh, even, you know, unless they hit it big and get Victor Wibanyama in the draft. But even then, there's so much uncertainty around that. It is not like this team is is ready to compete and can sustain a little bit of adversity. This team is on the razor's edge. And, and to pretend like, you know, oh, well, we can just ride it out. We'll be fine. I think was foolish. And, and this injury, I think, backs that up. No, I, I agree with that. We can continue that conversation. Plus, I do have one other question about LaMelo Ball. Let's get to it in the final segment. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. 
Do you question at all if LaMelo should have been playing as much as he was at the end? There are some people doing that now, given the fact that he did fracture his right ankle. We can at least discuss it coming up in the next segment. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team and to find them for free. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs, again, helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free terms and conditions apply more LaMelo talk coming up next. Locked on Hornets. is locked on Hornets. Mitch Kupchak. Will he do the thing that he has not done in season? This anything. Time? The thing that he has not done. It is always anything. comes back to do something. <laughs> Just do, do one thing. You need to get a stick from outside and become the meme <laughs> In person, because <laughs> that it always comes back to do something. Do something. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. <laughs> Your ID? Your ID? David's uh, injured himself. Just, yeah, I'm just stretching. You got to stretch, guys. I think that's the rule. That's what we've come to know. You got to stretch it out. <laughs> I didn't even know what happened there. Uh, yeah, because you you asked David before we all hopped on if he was battling any illness because I have basically some weird illness for like the last two weeks or so. Then you caught something. David, you're all good, though, right? I'm like good, you man. feel healthy as much as possible. Oh, right? uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Immune uh, systems over here are uh, running at full force. We're good. That, that's wow. fantastic. Well, Good hopefully, yeah, <laughs> yeah, hopefully Son we can have all that happen our way. So LaMelo Ball comes back and really played almost an exact month after the most recent ankle sprain. So he came back on January 26th against the Chicago Bulls. They win. They win by, um, yeah, I don't know, they get the win. LaMelo was a plus 15. And then they, uh, LaMelo obviously February 27th goes down with this fractured ankle. Now we had kind of had the conversation on whether you should consider shutting down LaMelo ball. There are people having that conversation now because it right. Like this is what happens when something is a headline in a negative way on the ESPN homepage talking about your franchise guy. We're going to discuss all of the things that could have prevented such negative headline. I don't think that there was any reason to not play LaMelo Unless the left ankle was a real concern, maybe you could. I, again, a lot of this stuff is so stupid to talk about with I because I don't have any clue about the medical <laughs> side. I don't know if the left ankle could have compromised the right ankle. I don't know, but that would have been the only reason to hold him out is if the left ankle was still mm-hmm. a real problem because of a lingering injury because it wasn't a hundred percent. I did not want Lamelo to call, uh, come back unless he really was one hundred percent ready to go. But if we're just talking about, well, the Hornets aren't playing for anything anyway, you might as well just hold him out and keep him out even if he is at 100% because they're not going to make the playoffs. Disagree with that. Think about how important it was for LaMelo to gain some chemistry with your first-round pick and Mark Williams alone, plus some of the other guys on the roster that you might find as foundational pieces, whether you pay P.J. Washington, whether Gordon Hayward isn't going to be traded and you just want to have him as the overpaid vet on the team where you pair him with LaMelo, this first round rookie, right? Whatever. 
I think that was still important if he was 100% ready to go. So I'm not here for that conversation, Doug. It doesn't seem like you are either. No, they don't know how to win yet. <laughs> like if right. this were a te- if this were a team that was just fresh off of a, you know, conference finals loss, okay, and they had some injuries and and were just bad luck struck and, and you know wanted to you know just shut it all down so that they could get ready for another conference finals run the next season, then I'd be on board. But this team has no idea how to win consistently, and the only way you learn that is by going out there and, and executing. And, and listening to game plans and playing through that kind of thing. So it's just absolutely ridiculous. And I would also throw in like, hey, um, I think a lot of people that say this don't live in Charlotte, like don't pay for tickets, don't go to games. Uh, right. And maybe that's unfair. Maybe some people are saying that they go to games. But I, I think if you say that and you go to games, you're, ridic- you're a ridiculous person because you're paying money to go see an entertainment product. And if a team says, well, I'm just not going to put the best entertainment product out there because we might win next season – I would be like, okay, well, I'm taking my money elsewhere then. That's ridiculous. Well, and players play. I mean, you're going to tell me that if they went to LaMelo Ball and say, you're fine, you're 100% healthy, but you know what? We're not going to play you right now, right after the All-Star break or whenever, uh, just because we want to improve our position. I mean, that's, you know, Michael Jordan famously said, guys, he was not going to sit down when the Bulls were trying to do that his rookie (laughs) year. And then that has gone on to prove out uh, to this day. So, like, yeah, I mean, that's just nonsense. Uh, LaMelo, you play for healthy, right? I mean, the, the experience is the biggest thing. Uh, meshing with these other young players is, is huge as well. And to Doug's point, if I turn on the game, I want to see LaMelo playing. Like, the biggest bummer to me out of this whole thing was it sucks we won't see LaMelo play for the rest of the year. The product is so much better. He is so much better. He de- Guys, it's his third year. Of course he needs to play. Like, he's young. He needs to keep playing. He needs to know how to make it through a season. He needs to get used to everything that goes in, in with being a professional NBA player. Like, this idea – in this day and age, when we're talking about – when the entire league is talking about load management, players not playing, get out of here with that. Uh, no, it, it was the right thing to do to have him out there playing. You know what else gives me confidence that it was the right decision to have LaMelo out there? It's because LaMelo has already demonstrated a confidence in himself to tell the coaching staff and the team that I'm not ready. He did that earlier this year when he suffered the second ankle sprain. We were all kind of wondering just how long he would be sitting out. I believe my count is correct. He missed 11 games after his initial return where he stepped on the fan's foot out of bounds. And Rod Boone came on this very podcast and talked about how all indication is that LaMelo was the one that is holding himself out because he's not ready. And LaMelo didn't miss some ridiculous amount of time. 11 games is totally fine. He went back out. He did not. That was against Indiana on November 16th. He would return against Detroit on December 14th. So it was not quite a month, although basically it was. And he starts to play until he suffers, you know, the other injury, right? Misses three games, comes back, and then, you know, plays until he fractures his right ankle. So LaMelo has already demonstrated an ability to tell you how he feels and that he has it on his own authority when he can come back if the doctors clear him himself. So if LaMelo's ready to go, if the medical staff clears him, then that would be purely trying to make your team, I mean, even worse, right? Like, don't you gain some ground? by having LaMelo out there with Mark and everybody else. So, you know, right. that I, I agree. I don't know 
that conversation should not be had. I'm not going to blame Steve Clifford, Mitch Kupchak, any authority figure for having LaMelo out there in the last month or so. I think the people that, that start that conversation, to me, really fall into two camps. One camp are the LaMelo stands that have believed he is an NBA superstar since he was 16 years old. And so they treat him like that, even though he is still ascending to that place. He's still got a long way to go before he gets there. And the other side of that camp are people that have never really competed at any kind of level, but certainly not the highest level to try to do something. And so, you know, I mean, take Walker, for example, right? right? He comes on this show, super phlegmy and, you know, he, but he, he's here every single day. We do a daily podcast. It doesn't matter if he's coughing up a lung, he's here trying to deal with me talking about Jalen McDaniels all the time because he's a warrior because that's what he does. Yeah. I'm not getting shut down. I mean, I'll tell you if they need to shut down, but I get to make my decisions about my body and whether I'm ready to play or not. The other problem with LaMelo missing this time, and especially in the moment, dude was balling, right? Like, let's just do a rapid fire kind of observation thing real quickly against the Pistons. So, you know, just before we end the show, maybe we can give you some semblance of positivity. Hornets do win their fifth straight. We can game. talk about it tomorrow too, because I I know because look, here's what I'm going to tease ahead to tomorrow. Let's talk mm-hmm. about Lamelo and what he did in that game before he got injured. But tomorrow, here's what I want to dig into: Mark Williams versus James Wiseman. Hell Super yeah. interesting stuff to pick <laughs> out from that matchup. I want to talk. I want to dig deep into it tomorrow. So make sure you're subscribed to YouTube. Okay, go on. Okay, there you go. So yes, I think there were a lot of good things, and then James Wiseman also pick and pop and had some nice moments against Mark Williams. Lamelo Ball was coming out hitting everything from deep what was he first four of four three point four of four 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 to start ended up (laughs) six of seven from three-point range scored 18 points five assists six rebounds in 21 minutes of play so very likely was going to get a triple double and you know probably over 30 points probably not getting 40 but was certainly going to get close to it yeah the guy was amazing and on that same play by the way Mark Williams had the best pass of his entire career to this point. That dime was phenomenal. It was an assist that he got. He had two awesome passes. And mm-hmm. maybe Kelly Oubre, the beneficiary on both. Either way. Uh, Gordon you know, Gordon got goes, one of those in the, in okay, the so, so So Gordon was the first, then Kelly Oubre on a dive when Mark was in the post. Mm-hmm. That was the second assist that Mark Williams had. But yeah, you know, sucks <clears> because there are a couple of nice things to point out, um, <laughs> of course, before LaMelo got hurt. Yeah, it feels like he was playing the best – ball of his career really i mean in oh, this yeah. short little window i mean no doubt uh and and he was still adding stuff you know he was still trying to get to the rim he was still you know working his way and he had better players around him guys i mean how you know this whole season they've been they've been killed by injuries gordon's finally healthy Ubre's back you got mark williams in the mix you know so yeah that was the disappointing part he, he was really starting to kick it to another level and it would have been great to have him finish out the season you know, shooting the way he was. Doug, I mean, your point uh, a couple of shows ago about just getting to the free throw line more, and that's how he can kick his scoring up a notch. Uh, That was another piece you were excited to maybe see come out. But the shooting has just been unbelievable. He has been that guy. I mean, that's what you were looking for when you drafted him. And that's the question for him, right? Is he going to take that next step to the superstar level? The scoring has been there. The shooting has been there. Uh, you know the passing is always going to be there. So uh, that's another, you know, disappointment for him right now is that he was just playing the best ball of his career. And uh, you feel like he, he'll be good to pick it back up, but you would have liked to have seen that keep going. 
Yeah, I mean, if I so I just ran the numbers. I mean, the last six, if you go back to the Nuggets game, 24 points per game, 10 and a half assists, and eight rebounds. Uh, those are his averages per game. And, you know, he had a 32 point game and was certainly a 40 burger threat. Had he, had he, because yeah. he started going to the line in the first half. Uh, of that 30 point game and then had he gone had he stayed aggressive in that area in the second half he probably could have had 40 points but yeah he was and I just I've been laughing this whole time because in that period that Walker was talking about in the in the first quarter of this game where they really won this game in the first quarter because they go up 41 21 and then they proceed to lose by small margins but they lose the remaining three quarters to the Pistons uh, but hold on to the lead. But it really was the first quarter that won it. And LaMelo scores those four three-pointers within the first five minutes of the game, but also within that first five minutes had three consecutive turnovers that led to Detroit Buckets. And I just was laughing, thinking about Steve Clifford watching that, right? And every conception of basketball as he learned it from the Van Gundys to his days in Maine, all of this NBA knowledge that he has just absorbed and processed it's all coming apart atom by atom is <laughs> being shot out of a cannon because lamello ball is rare he is one of one there's no doubt about it and he changes every thing that you think basketball was in, in a very you know again in a very similar way to steph curry we've been making a lot of curry comparisons he changed the game i think lamello if he stays healthy can continue uh, on that trajectory because because he is so different. There was a stat that Bally's threw up that he is the second youngest player to score 3,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 1,000 assists, second only to LeBron. And that's crazy when you think about how many games he's missed already in his career. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't miss any more after these last 19. <laughs> and, and, and certainly hope that he's able to stay healthy. After this fractured right ankle and then all of the sprains that happened to his left, we'll see and we'll provide any updates as far as any timetable because we still don't have that <clears throat> even just for rehab purposes. Even if we expect him to miss the rest of the season, we don't know if Steve Clifford or the Hornets when they'll come out with any kind of timetable. He'll he's going to be off of it for six weeks, whatever. Who knows? Um, so we'll keep you updated and we'll give you that James Wiseman, Mark Williams battle tomorrow. Mm. That'll do it for locked on Hornets. Thanks to <laughs> Doug Branson and his sub stack, every Hornets box David Walker is still the Prince of Puma. He's not changing. His ankles are fine. So he's still the Prince of Puma and we will have Get him that on. neck looked at though. <laughs> you got, a little, you got a little stress on the neck no. in the opening segment. Ah, yeah. Uh, stretch it out. You know. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Doug is, Doug is coming for everybody's throat these days. All right. Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen today. Make your second listen game to game NBA every moment, every top performance, every result. Lockdown Game to Game covers every game from across the league with local analysis that only Lockdown can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Lockdown NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.